0: The three most important letters in sports. (laughs) Even better than those.
1: TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on Homer and Tony. Tim Van Voren is brought to you by Mars Cheese Castle, a Wisconsin landmark that you need to experience off I-94 in Kenosha. Meets cheeses, bakery, bar, and restaurant all under one roof. Learn more at MarsCheese.com. Today's show is dedicated to Romeo Dubs or Dobbs. We're not sure how because I believe he's going to have better numbers as a rookie than Watson. and But now uh, now I want to know. There's nothing better than TVV, especially when it's TVV and Packer training camp because we love his scouting girl, Fox 6 Sports sports director, three-time Wisconsin sportscaster of the year. TVV, do you want to start with my guy, Dubs, or do you want to start with your guy, Winfrey? Oh, two
0: starting points. I think you can make a case for either. We'll go with the rookie because this is his first training camp, and Romeo Dobbs has probably been the standout player to this point. And the standout position has been wide receiver, which was so seemingly the biggest question mark, and then you don't have your highest drafted rookie and you don't have your undrafted, your, uh, uh, your free agent offseason, your unrestricted free agent from the offseason, Sammy Watkins, and you're still getting good production. Alright, so it is Dobbs, right? Dobbs. We're going with Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, fourth round pick. He had some very big individual games for Nevada Reno, but he had some quiet games too. And again, a lot of receivers are picked ahead of him because in the fourth round, he seems very, uh, just matter of fact about things. This is what I'm doing. I'm trying to stack it up. I've I've played football my whole life. I'm trying to be consistent about it. You can't have one good day and then back it off. So he's, he's saying the right things. you know, the coaches love that he uh, is presenting consistently so far. And uh, you look out there and you, and, you know, granted, they don't even have pads on. They're not going against anybody other than uh, their own defenders who also don't have pads on. But it looks like guys are able to get open. I wouldn't say across the board. We've seen missed passes. We've seen, uh, you know, a little frustration. From here, right? it missed uh, Alan Lazard on a pass you thought they'd get today, that sort of thing. But so far, there have been enough highlights and connections where you say, all right, there's something to work with here. And Dobbs is certainly starting in that list.
1: Does he compare you to anyone in all your experience Mm. in any way at training camp in just two days?
0: Good question. Good question. Um, Not sure that he does. A little bit bigger than Greg Jennings, uh, who made a very good initial impression uh, when he first came in as a second-round draft choice. Uh, Not as big as, like, a Jordy Nelson. I, I would say... Uh, not really, as yeah, he's a different body type. You know, he's, he's, he's not as thick as James Jones. I guess I keep telling you what he's not. I'm not sure what I'm telling you who he, he compares to. Watson is is lanky. Chris Watson is lanky. You know, he's not practicing right now, but he's here and he's he's lanky. Dobbs is just more of a kind of a prototype wide receiver physical physical type.
1: All right, now we get to your guy. You told us about him last year.
0: Jawan Winfrey, give us an update. know, uh, yeah, I still like him, and uh, I know when we talked about uh, going into this offseason, I, I talked him up, and then they draft three receivers, and you say, oh, I don't know, maybe that's a mystery. Maybe they're trying to go over him. Uh, but so far, he's looked good. He looked good in some of the offseason stuff to this point. He looked uh, very good yesterday. Aaron Rodgers spoke about him, after singling him out, volunteering him, uh, after practice yesterday, and Winfrey just looks the part. He's got a real solid, physical, wide receiver body. Uh, he's rangy. He could give you a little something on special teams. He's proven that in his couple of years in the NFL. And I think, you know, a little more experience than some of those other guys, those rookies, that's going to be a boost early on in the season when everybody's still trying to figure things out. If you've played in game action before, I think that gives you a little leg up on uh Watson who's certainly going to be behind the eight ball and Dobbs and Samore Pture, who made a nice impression in the some of the offseason stuff but hasn't really, you know, flashed so far here in training camp.
2: Uh TVV sounds so good. Oh, the receiving corps yep, could be better yep. than we anticipated. Uh, uh-huh. obviously we know we got to wait uh to the till the popcorn starts cooking up in the stands uh, for when it's when it's real stuff. But um my question is like how are they going to get open uh, if that offensive line is in shambles? What's going on with the offensive
0: line? I'll tell you, Tony. You're, you're exactly uh, exactly right to call attention to that, uh, David Bakhtiari. You, you know, I finally talked yesterday, and you can't say he's going to be ready to go for the Minnesota game. You just you simply can't say that. I don't think at this stage he's not even practicing. Uh, he's going to have to work his way back. The Packers hope that he can, and Bakhtiari says they should have a high expectation of how he'll play when he gets back. But Those are in Elton Jenkins ahead of schedule. That sounds great, but that doesn't mean he's going to be ready for the start of the season either. That would be way ahead of schedule if he is. So, you know, you're talking about two gaps on the left side, all pro pro bowl type level players. And if you go back, you know, Corey Lindsley departed prior to last season, that'd be three in the last two years that you had, you know, where you had such offensive success in, in the, the 2020 season. Three of those guys would be gone. Two of them you're hoping are coming back this season, but you don't have guarantees, and so, and then you don't have the solidity, uh, uh, you know, solid, solidified unit on the right side. You don't have Billy Turner over there. You don't have Lucas Patrick who played a lot of snaps for you. There's a lot of uncertainty on that offensive line, and you're exactly right. It doesn't matter who you're throwing to, and it probably puts even more pressure on those guys to be able to adjust at the line if the pressure is getting through the line. So, uh, you know, early in the season. While all this sounds great early in training camp, it's a different deal when you're playing another team.
1: Run, Aaron. Run. (laughs) Hey, I got Adam Stenovich. He'll figure it out. He'll find guys. Stenovich will have guys in there to avoid disaster. Stenovich ain't blocking anybody. No, but uh, what do you – TVV, does Stenovich confidence make you believe they can avoid disaster? That's what I'm saying. It's not going to be some – Total mess where uh, it's going to be, hey, look out, here they come. Record number of sacks on
2: Aaron Rodgers in the first four games.
0: Now, I think Stenovich is a positive. I think that his uh, you know, his ability that he's shown so far, don't panic. Somebody will go in there and do the job. Those are all great traits. I, I think he had a lot of holes to, to plug right now. And, uh, I was talking to Zach Tom for quite a while today. Yeah, he's legitimately trying to be a uh, a backup or a performer at five positions. You have a, a third round draft choice who might have to play in Sean Ryan. You have Josh Nyman, who you know I think they were very they they really short slow played him through two years of never playing. I think they were a little surprised how well he played once he actually got out there. You don't know what you have with offensive linemen, and uh, you know Adam Stenovich is is definitely a. a I not a miracle worker, but he connects with these guys. He's got a lot on his plate, though, as a coordinator. And it, you know, he comes up with the, the line side of things and the running side of things. He's got to mesh with the passing side of things. And that it will be interesting to see. They lost a lot of offensive brain trust on that side of things in the offseason. Not just Nathaniel Hackett, but Luke Getzey, who everybody raved about, and Justin Outen, who you know, made a meteoric rise into the NFL and then up to another level with the Denver Broncos. That's a lot to replace. A shuffle on the offensive side of things. Matt LaFleur saying today, these offensive coaches have specific roles. They all know what's expected of them, but it's a learning curve for them, too.
2: Uh, TVV, uh, enough of the offense. I'm, I'm very skeptical on the offense. So it's basically a way very see. Very skeptical. Uh, huh? I, I just don't know what it's going to be with the line issues. Who's going to catch the ball? Uh, that means loading the box against our what we know of. We have a good good running tandem. We know that, but so I'm, I'm just I'm a wait and see on the offense right now. The other side, though, on paper we're supposed to look good there. What what kind of reports you got on the defensive side?
0: A lot of personnel there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now I'm mean, I'm not sure that the the review from last year into this year is completely <laughs> accurate. I recall definitely in December a lot of. Uh, question about what's going on with this defense. allowing a lot of points. They kind of got bailed out. Russell Douglas bailed them out a couple of times. They turned the, They took the ball away very nicely, but there was a stretch there. Uh, the last five, six weeks of the season, they did not play well. Then, obviously, they put up great numbers against San Francisco, but the 90s didn't have that much of an offense. Here. So, I think they have to uh, show their legit, not just go on their press clippings coming into the season, but they should be able to be very effective. They have personnel at every level. They have Uh, maybe not depth at outside linebacker, but they have reinforcements on on the defensive line and in the secondary. They certainly should be good on that side of it, Tony, and I think the team is going to need them to be good on that side of it early on. You tell me. You go to Minnesota, you're sitting there in week one, you have a lot of turnover and transition on your offensive side of things, particularly on the offensive line, who knows. The Vikings have a new coach, sure, and a new GM, but think of their skill position players that are going to put pressure on that Packer defense. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, right off the bat, that's an awful lot to deal with, even if you have a new coaching staff running it. And that Packer defense is going to have to be able to withstand that and respond to it right away in week one.
1: I'm actually already counting that as a loss.
0: I can see that. I can see the Vikings being a tough – I can see the Packers, you know, kind of trying to find themselves early in the season. That's Mm -hmm. going to be a tough environment for these young players – a tough place to play. It'll be loud. You know, you're counting it as a loss. I don't think is that's, uh, you know, way out of bounds. Is I think the Packers are going to have to play well to win.
2: Isn't your defense supposed to be ahead of the offenses early in the season? That, that should that should help, I mean, a little bit, right?
0: It should, but yesterday in training camp, the off- Aaron Rodgers himself declared it as an offensive day. Day one, offensive day. Usually the offense is ahead of the defense. So uh, take that as you say. Maybe it's a positive for the Green Bay offense. Maybe it's a, hmm, a question mark on the Green Bay defense. It should help. The defense should be strong, and the defense should want to make a statement. If if the defense is appreciably better, is the defense is one of the best in the league, if uh, Mina Kynes is the second in the league, hey, if you're that defense, you should win the game almost entirely in Week 1 against the Vikings, who will have a brand-new head coach. And uh, you should be able to take it to them. If you're that defense, despite the skill position players, that the, that the Vikings have, but it will be on them to do so, and the environment is going to be raucous. More
1: training camp from TVV. Tim Bamborn, Fox Six Sports, Sports Six Sports Director, and I'm going to get him to rank the defense of the be- Who's the best defense player? Who's number two? Who's number three? And more from the TVV Scouting Bureau next. <music>
2: Are you out there suffering from joint pain, from arthritis? Maybe you got an injury. I'm sure you've been offered those traditional treatments, right? The pain meds, steroids, and then they try to make you get surgery, right? Hey, it's ESPN Milwaukee's Tony Smith with great news. Now there's a better way. And it's here now from the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. This is an advanced, exciting and natural alternative that can give you lasting relief using your body's own healing powers. Listen, steroid shots, they're toxic to your joints. Pain meds, they're addictive, and nobody wants to go under the knife. It's 2022. The old ways are out, man. The new ways are in. Let's go. Regenerative medicine. That's it. It can restore and repair damaged joint tissue using natural biologics. And you know
1: because you've
2: lived it. I do. I did it. I'm trying to tell you. No drugs, no downtime, definitely no surgery. QC Kinetics regenerative protocols can address any pain in any joint and give you the quality of life you deserve. So check it out. Call now and schedule your free consultation. That's right. It's a free consultation with medical professionals. QC Kinetics, 414-285-3474. That's 414-285-3474. One more time. 414-285-3474.
1: You're listening to Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Training camp with Tim Benborn, Fox 6 Sports, TVV, three-time Wisconsin sportscaster of the year. Hall of Fame wingman. He's won other awards, but he won't tell us about them. All right, let's get to the Defense. Who's the best? Who's the Reggie White of this defense, though? Maybe nobody's that good. Who's, who's the best defensive player on this team?
0: I, I'm going to say it's a toss-up between Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark with the outside potential to pass both of them, uh, outside potential to reach them, Rashad Gary. Hmm. Gary? What? Potential. He's not there yet. He's looked terrific. I thought he looked really good last year. You know, you just have to be sure it translates to production. It's the same thing I think you said about him coming out of high school. Uh, you know, obviously he was Best a national in the country. level player. Yeah, absolutely. And then coming out of Michigan. You knew all about him, but did he get it all done? And I think right now he's kind of gotten into that same category. You know all about him. He's, he's really moved up. As an NFL player, he's a legitimate player. He's a threat. He's a guy that uh, other teams are going to be, you know, compensating for, etc. But is he is he going to be able to get enough done? We'll see. He's certainly on the come. Well, I think Mr. Kenny Clark. I think Kenny Clark gets underrated. I think when he's healthy, he's a huge difference. How maker often the is he hurt? Line. Then is it? Yeah, yeah. He's got nagging stuff. He gets oh, nagging okay. stuff, and then he plays, but he doesn't play hundred percent. And so he's out there. He makes some plays, but it affects him. So I think so. And Jair e. Alexander, again, I, I mean, some of that you have to just go by the fact that teams don't throw at him, and, and what other people are saying about it because you don't really know. The Packers are talking about having three of the best cornerbacks going, certainly in their division, maybe in their conference. Two of them don't catch the ball. Eric Stokes and Jair e. Alexander, they, you know, that's one thing most you know highly touted cornerbacks do, and neither of them is very strong in that area, at least hasn't proven it.
2: Yeah. Well, Rashad Gary in Michigan is suspect. What about Alabama guys, though? What about the young guys? The, the, or Georgia, the, you mean the Georgia, Georgia guys? two rookie guys? Yeah, two rookie guys. What have you they're, seen?
1: Have seen anything yet from
0: them, or is it too early? Uh, the defensive line, I'll admit, you know, I, I can't really tell without any pads or any of that stuff. They're all big guys. I really can't tell you who's better than anybody else or who looks like they're getting it more than anybody else. in they're, they're big. I mean, that's always the case. They can end up cutting a guy who looks awesome this time of year just because you're only looking at him physically. Um, but in terms of the linebackers, that guy, Quay Walker, really moves well. Boy, he, he drops. He can move forward. He's He flows. He If he can play anywhere near what the billing is on him, he should be a significant impact-type player. And their inside linebackers will have improved astronomically over the last couple of years. He, Devondre Campbell made all pro last year, and if you put this guy in, Walker, and he's close to what he looks like he could be, that's an entire reversal of how that defense will have been built because there used to be getting by with guys on the inside who had tackle numbers but were not, you know, they were not playing across the line of scrimmage for sure. Now they could be.
1: Is this an indication that they have changed their approach to that position? And if so,
0: who deserves credit? I think it's an accumulation of talent on that side of the ball, finally all coming together. They've invested a lot of big picks over there. And I think eventually you just get enough happening that, you know, one guy doing better affects another guy doing better. I think it's that as much as anything else. And then they hit right on some of those guys. You know, Russell Douglas, they hit right on him. At least they did last year. Maybe he'll turn out to be a half-season marble. But they are paying him as though they think it's legitimate. So if you hit right on some of those guys, and let's face it, most of their key guys were on the field most of the time last year. Health is wealth. That's what it comes down to in life. That's what it comes down to in football, for sure. Ooh,
1: health is wealth. I gotta...
2: But you think uh, what they did uh, as far as in the draft was a result of getting bludgeoned by the run over the last few years?
0: Uh, to a degree, I mean, they're trying to they're trying to stop it on the interior more than anything else. And uh, you know, Mike Mike Pettin talked about this. Mike Pettin was a couple defensive coordinators ago. Remember all? You know, they were going to stop it, et cetera, et cetera. I I think you have talent on that side of the ball. Can you consistently stop the run? We shall see. Again, I go back, look at the numbers of Taylor in the last year. Teams are scoring. Teams are moving the ball on them. They made mistakes. I will still remember uh, Taylor Heineke for the Redskins. I mean, He scored a touchdown. It was ruled no because he gave himself up sliding in. All kinds of things helped that Packer defense last year. Keep all those things in mind, but this defense should feel good, does feel good, has personnel. I think The key on this defense is, does it play to that potential? Does it really take a step and say, we're this nasty, snarling, take it to your defense, or does it get a little fat caddy, hey, everybody thinks we're great, and maybe doesn't play to that level? I think that will have a big bearing on how this season goes for that side of the ball.
1: All right, I got one left, and that is, uh, I hear this like Jair Alexander. You know, you, they don't throw to him. Look at the great cornerbacks I remember. All got interceptions. They mm-hmm. all could get interceptions. He's gotten literally none. They don't throw at him. Well, no, but They're they didn't. Throw, they didn't throw against Deion Sanders, and he got interceptions. There have definitely been cornerbacks they threw at less than Jair Alexander. Uh, but TVV, your thought on that topic?
0: That's what I said a moment ago. Two of these cornerbacks, Eric Stokes had what? Did he, he had one interception? I think last year. He, and and coming out of college, that was a knock on him. Doesn't have ball skills. A lot of hype on this defensive backfield group. Rasul Douglas came up with five interceptions last year. Mm-hmm. Terrific. He's a midseason acquisition. Is he that good? In that he was buried on somebody else's practice squad on his third or fourth team of the year, and all of a sudden he's this good in Green Bay, or because. Alexander was locking somebody down, and Stokes was locking somebody down. Was Douglas the beneficiary of all that? And if so, he could be the beneficiary again. If Stokes can one-up people and Jair Alexander can one-up people, then you're going to have an advantage against whoever does try to throw at uh, Rasul Douglas. So maybe that's the way this whole thing shakes out. But again, with Alexander, I agree with you, Homer. You just don't know how good he You're at the mercy of other people's reviews because you can't say, Well, look, he has X number of interceptions, and I agree with you. That used to always be the barometer for who would go to the Pro Bowl, who would be named All-Pro. It's whoever had all these interceptions. It doesn't always portend a great career. Tom Flynn, if I recall, started for the Packers at, I don't know, five or six or seven interceptions as a rookie. and He thought, oh, my goodness, what a playmaker. I'm not sure he had more than two interceptions the rest of his career.
1: Talking with TVV, Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. All right, uh, last quick spot response. Anybody and any other name that the TVV Tim Van Voren, Scouting Bureau wants to mention as far as training camp?
0: I'm going to give you, and it's another wide receiver. Maybe it's just I've been paying a lot of attention to the wide receivers, but uh, a guy who's punched above his weight, if you will, so far. Danny Davis, the former Badger, really looking good through a couple of days. Oh, what does really looking good mean? Like, I would think Danny Davis is pretty far down on the depth chart. And when you watch him, Danny Davis is making some things happen. He, he's,
1: is he a speed guy or what in a perfect
0: not world? really? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think he's a, you know, we saw him in with with Wisconsin. He can catch the ball. He mm-hmm. never, he didn't put up monster numbers. But I would say so far, and and, you know, we haven't really seen guys returning kicks and punts. Supposedly he can help you a little bit there. Maybe this is one of those guys who, you know, kind of, in the weeds a little bit, comes along. I don't know. I know that uh, today I, I looked, there was a total bust on a plane. I looked at I went, who is number 82? And it's this new guy, Osiris Mitchell, one of his USFL wide receivers. He's been here like a day. So, you know, it's not fair. You're not really comparing apples to apples on all these guys. But you still definitely see mistakes are happening. And Aaron Rodgers has had a couple of moments, particularly today, I thought, Shaking his head, frustration, couldn't get the ball where he wanted. It involved Lazard on one play that I saw. It involved Dylan on one play. So it's not just the rookie guys. It, there will probably be some rough spots to smooth out all the way around offensively.
1: Thanks, TVV. Enjoy training camp. We'll talk again next yeah. Thursday. See you, guys. Romeo, Romeo, Romeo. No, no that's not the right chant. It's
2: Romeo, Romeo, Romeo.
1: Romeo. How yeah. am I doing better? That's better. Romeo. Romeo. We don't care what his last name is. Romeo. Next.